reading slip opinions from the Supreme Court of the United States. Today's opinion will be Kiernan versus Cueto, decided November 6, 2017. The Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty Act of 1996 provides that a federal court may grant habeas relief to a state prisoner based on a claim adjudicated by a state court on the merits if the resulting decision is contrary to or involved in an unreasonable application of clearly established federal law, as determined by the Supreme Court of the United States, 28 U.S.C. 2254 D1. In this case, a California court permitted the state to amend a criminal complaint to which the respondent, Michael Cuero, had pled guilty. That guilty plea would have led to a maximum sentence of 14 years and 4 months. The court acknowledged that permitting the amendment would lead to a higher sentence and that it consequently permitted Cuero to withdraw his guilty plea. Cuero then pled guilty to the amended complaint and was sentenced to a term with a minimum of 25 years. A panel of the Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit subsequently held that the California court had made a mistake of federal law. In its view, the law entitled Cuero to a specific performance of the lower 14-year, four-month sentence that he would have received had the complaint not been amended. The question here is whether the state court decision involved an unreasonable application of clearly established federal law, as determined by the Supreme Court of the United States. Did our prior decisions clearly require that the state court impose the lower sentence that the parties originally expected, or instead permit the state sentencing raising amendment where the defendant was allowed to withdraw his guilty plea? Because no decision from this court clearly establishes that a state court must choose the first alternative, we reverse the Ninth Circuit's decision. On October 27, 2005, State of California charged Michael Cuero with two felonies and a misdemeanor. Its complaint alleged that on October 14, 2005, Cuero drove his car into and seriously injured Jeffrey Feldman, who was standing outside of his pickup truck. The complaint further alleged that Cuero was then on parole, that he was driving without a license, that he was driving under the influence of methamphetamine, and that he had in his possession a loaded 9mm semi-automatic pistol. Cuero initially pled not guilty, but on December 8th, he changed his plea. In a form entitled Plea of Guilty, No Contest, Felony, signed by Cuero, the prosecutor and the trial court memorialized the terms of Cuero's guilty plea. On that form, Cuero pled guilty to the two felony counts, He also admitted that he had previously served four separate prison terms, including a term for residential burglary, which qualifies as a predicate offense under California's three strikes law. Finally, Cuero acknowledged on his guilty plea form that he understood that he may receive the maximum punishment as a result of my plea, 14 years and four months in state prison, $10,000 fine and four years parole. Following a hearing, the state trial court accepted the plea and granted California's motion to dismiss the remaining misdemeanor charge. The court then scheduled the sentencing hearing for January 11, 2006. Before the hearing took place, however, the prosecution determined that another of Cuero's four prior convictions qualified as a strike, 
and that the signed guilty plea form had erroneously listed only one strike. This second strike meant that Quero faced not a maximum punishment of just over 14 years, but a minimum punishment of 25 years. The state asked the trial court for permission to amend the criminal complaint accordingly. It pointed to California Penal Code 969.5a, which provides, Whenever it shall be discovered that a pending complaint to which a plea of guilty has been made under Section 859a does not charge all prior felonies of which the defendant has been convicted, either in this state or elsewhere, the complaint may be forthwith amended to charge the prior conviction or convictions, and that the amendments may and shall be made upon order of the court. Quiro argued that the state's motion was untimely and prejudicial, but the co trial court granted the motion. At the same time, the court permitted Quiro to withdraw his guilty plea in light of the charge. It concluded that 969.5a guided its inquiry and was best read to reflect a legislative determination that criminal complaints should charge all prior felony convictions. The court added that the case was distinguishable from a situation where the state might, after a guilty plea, seek to amend a criminal complaint by adding new charges or facts that fundamentally alter the substance of the complaint. But here, where only alleged prior convictions were at issue, the court could eliminate any prejudice to Quero by allowing him to withdraw his initial guilty plea, thereby restoring both parties to the status quo prior to its entry. Soon thereafter, California amended the complaint. The complaint as amended charged Quero with one felony, causing bodily injury, injury while driving under the influence of a drug under California Vehicle Code 23153A, and it alleged two prior strikes. Quero then withdrew his initial guilty plea and entered a new guilty plea to the amended complaint. On April 20, 2006, the trial court sentenced Quero to the stipulated term of 25 years to life. His conviction and sentence were affirmed on direct appeal, and the California Supreme Court denied a state habeas petition. Quero then filed a petition for federal habeas relief in the United States District Court for the Southern District of California. The federal district court denied Quero's petition, but the Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit reversed. The Ninth Circuit panel hearing the appeal held that the state trial court had acted contrary to clearly established Supreme Court law by refusing to enforce the original plea agreement with its 172-month maximum sentence. It wrote that, in this context, specific performance of that plea agreement, i.e. sentencing Quero to no more than roughly 14-year sentence, reflected in the 2005 guilty plea form was necessary to maintain the integrity and fairness of the criminal justice system. The Ninth Circuit denied rehearing in bank over the dissent of seven judges. The state then filed a petition for certiorari here. The Ninth Circuit has already issued its mandate in this case and the state trial court, in light of that mandate, has resentenced Quero. Quero argues that this fact renders this controversy moot. The state and Quero, however, continue to disagree about the proper length of Quero's sentence, a portion of which he has not yet served. Thus, neither the losing party's failure to obtain a stay preventing the mandate of the Court of Appeals from issuing, nor the trial court's action in light 
of that mandate makes the case moot. Reversal would simply undo what the habeas corpus did, namely permit the state courts to determine in the first instance the lawfulness of a longer sentence not yet served. The Ninth Circuit, in ordering specific performance of the 172-month sentence, set forth on Cuero's original guilty plea form, reasoned as follows. First, the court considered that Cuero's guilty plea form amounts to an enforceable plea agreement. Second, that plea agreement amounts to and should be interpreted as a contract under state contract law, citing Ricketts v. Adamson. Third, California contract law would consider the state's motion to amend the complaint as a breach of contract. Fourth, the remedy for a breach must repair the harm caused by the breach. Fifth, rescission failed to repair the harm. Sixth, consequently, Cuero was entitled to a specific performance, namely a maximum prison term of 172 months, 14 years and 4 months. And seventh, the state court's contrary decision was itself contrary to or involved in an unreasonable application of clearly established federal law as determined by the Supreme Court of the United States, 28 U.S.C. 2254 D.1. We shall assume, purely for the argument's sake, that the state violated the Constitution when it moved to amend the complaint. But we are still unable to find Supreme Court precedent that clearly established federal law demanding specific performance as a remedy. To the contrary, no holding of this court requires that a remedy of specific performance under the circumstances present here. Harrington v. Richter Two of our prior decisions address these issues. The first, Santabello v. New York. 1971, held that a defendant may not be bound to a plea agreement following a prosecutorial breach of an enforceable provision such as an agreement. As relevant here, however, Chief Justice Berger wrote in the opinion for the court that the ultimate relief to which the petitioner is entitled must be left to the discretion of the state court, which is in a better position to decide whether the circumstances of this case require only that there be specific performance of the agreement on the plea or, alternatively, that the circumstances require granting the relief sought by the petitioner, i.e., the opportunity to withdraw his plea of guilty. The Ninth Circuit cited a concurrence in Santabello by Justice Douglas, which added that a court ought to accord the defendant's remedial preference considerable, if not controlling weight, inasmuch as the fundamental rights flouted by a prosecutor's breach of a plea bargain are those of the defendant, not the state. Quoting Santabello, three other justices agreed with Justice Douglas on this point, and because only seven justices participated in the case, the Ninth Circuit suggested that a four-justice majority in Santabello seemed to favor looking to the defendant's preferred remedy. The Ninth Circuit also pointed in support to its own circuit precedent, a criminal procedure treatise, and a decision of the Washington Supreme Court and a law review article. There are several problems with the Ninth Circuit's reasoning below. First, fair-minded jurists could disagree with the Ninth Circuit's reading of Santabello. Moreover, in Marbury v. Johnson, 1984, the court wrote that Santabello expressly declined to hold that the Constitution compels specific performance of a broken prosecutorial promise as the remedy for such a plea. The court added that permitting Santabello to 
replead was within the range of constitutionally appropriate remedies. Whereas here, none of our prior decisions clearly entitles Quero to the relief he seeks. The state court's decision would not be contrary to any holding from this court. Woods v. Donald. Lopez v. Smith. Finally, we have repeatedly pointed out that circuit precedent does not constitute clearly established federal law as determined by the Supreme Court. Glebe v. Frost. Nor, of course, do state court decisions, treatises, or law review articles. For all these reasons, we conclude that the Ninth Circuit erred when it held that federal law, as interpreted by this court, clearly establishes that a specific performance is constitutionally required here. We decide no other issue in this case. The petition for writ of certiori and the respondent's motion to proceed in forma pauperis are granted. We reverse the judgment of the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit and remand the case for further proceedings consistent with this opinion.